Hi, everyone. This is Judy Minnick, and I'm part of IDEA's publications and content team. Welcome back to a new episode of IDEA's Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. I think you'll really enjoy today's article, a timely and topical feature that was first published in our November-December 2021 fitness journal. It's entitled, How COVID-19 Has Changed the Way We Eat and Coach, and it was carefully researched and written by registered dietitian and regular idea contributor and presenter, Santa Del Monaco. You'll learn what researchers say has shifted in the eating patterns over the past two years, and how we can help clients transition to healthier habits, starting today. But before we get started, here's a quick reminder of how this works. This episode contains information that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 approval agencies, including ACE, NASM, AFA, ACSF, and NFPT. In order to claim your CEC, you'll need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the IDEA store. Look for the link to the quiz in the show notes. And to thank you for listening, at the end of the episode, I'll provide you with a coupon code to get 20% off the quiz. But of course, IDEA Fit Plus members can access this and all CEC quizzes and courses free of charge. Remember that research shows that physical activity increases comprehension, so we encourage you to move while you listen and learn. This information is the perfect companion if you're out for a walk, working out, or even cleaning the house. There's so much to learn here, and we've divided the content into seven sections for you to explore. All the references are available at ideafit.com. Here's an overview to get us started. If we could use one word to sum up our approach to eating once the pandemic was underway, it might be improvisation. To improvise is defined as to make or fabricate out of what is conveniently on hand, as in to improvise a meal. And that's exactly what we did. We cooked out of the pantry, made concessions at the grocery store, shifted our meal times to suit upended schedules and more. We also watched our clients coping and adapting, sometimes thriving and other times facing struggles that continue to this day. Though uncertainty remains, we can now begin to reclaim greater control of our nutrition. And a key to doing so is not improvisation, but mindfulness and careful planning. That said, here's a look at how things have changed, what we can expect moving forward, and how we can support our clients and ourselves in health. Section one, how well have we done overall? Early in the pandemic, we were just coping, getting by from day to day. We all did our best to get through those very tough times. And for many, that meant finding consolation in wearing comfy clothes and eating comfy foods as a means of self-care. A 2021 survey from the American Psychological Association, the APA, called Stress in America, showed that a year into the pandemic, about half of Americans felt concerned about the future. Numbers were higher among Black and Indigenous populations and people of color, reflecting the uneven impact of COVID-19. In fact, 57% of Black 51% of Asian, and 50% of Hispanic respondents felt this way, 
while 47% of white Americans felt that way. Among parents, almost half said their stress level had risen since before the pandemic. Crystal Register, Director of Health and Well-Being at the Food Industry Association, saw the spike in stress firsthand. She says, Americans experienced phases of unhealthy eating early in the pandemic, driven by disruptive schedules, disrupted routines and habits, uncertainty of items on grocery store shelves, and an increased need for comfort foods due to the high level of stress and anxiety. Not surprisingly, many Americans also watched the numbers on their bathroom scale fluctuate. In the 2021 APA survey, 61% of adults reported undesired weight changes during the pandemic. 42% reported undesired weight gain, with an average increase of 29 pounds. Among parents and essential workers, the average gain was higher, 36 and 38 pounds respectively. Sandra Arevalo, Director of Community and Patient Education at Montefiore Nyack Hospital in New York, says many of her patients complained of COVID pounds. Other adults, about 18%, reported undesired weight loss with an average decrease of 26 pounds. Even as many Americans struggled, some took the opportunity of being at home to make positive lifestyle changes. One survey reported that 36% of respondents increased healthy eating behaviors and 33% increased physical activity. Lisa Young, adjunct professor of nutrition at New York University, says some of her clients used their extra time at home to exercise, while others were couch potatoes. When working with the latter, she says, I emphasize the importance of movement to feel better and be healthier, not just for weight loss. This message carried over into some people's eating and nutrition habits as well. An FMI survey reports that 49% of grocery shoppers are putting more or somewhat more effort into choosing healthy options because of the pandemic. The survey also notes that we have expanded our healthier approaches to eating, with more people saying that they follow a Mediterranean diet or a whole foods diet. Fewer people report following low carb and keto diets. Recognizing that clients have sometimes coped with pandemic stress in less than healthful ways is important, as is helping them reframe their goals now and for the future. Those who unintentionally gained or lost weight need support returning to healthful eating and exercise patterns. Acknowledging those who made positive progress is vital too, as is recognizing that some have had ups and downs in those regards, and many still do. Reassessing all clients to understand how they've coped and where they are now is an important first step in creating a plan to move forward in health. Section two, what has happened to our eating habits? We know that during the first COVID-19 wave in spring 2020, overall eating patterns remained pretty much the same as they were a year earlier. Although intermittent fasting began trending, most people continued to eat about four times a day, usually three meals and a snack. However, there was a significant increase in eating out of boredom, especially for those in Gen Z, those are adults ages 18 to 24. 
This last point has been borne out anecdotally. Young notes that eating mindfully or only when hungry was especially challenging for her clients. And Arevalo says boredom from being at home led many people to struggle with portion control and to use food as a reward. Overconsumption tendencies, along with the need for comfort, drove alcohol consumption higher in the U.S. as the pandemic persisted. Perhaps the most disturbing trend has been our increasing consumption of alcohol. Remember all those memes about day drinking while working from home? Turns out they were accurate. It's been serious enough that hospitalizations for alcoholic liver disease have gone way up since early 2020. Health economist Carolina Barbosa, PhD, and colleagues at the nonprofit research institute RTI International surveyed American drinking habits before and during lockdown, and again as restrictions eased. The survey showed that Americans were drinking more on average during the pandemic than beforehand. They were also exceeding alcohol consumption guidelines more and binge drinking more. Barbosa says the largest increases in consumption were in Black and Hispanic women, Black men, men of other races, and women with children under the age of five. People with mental health issues also reported increases in drinking as a coping mechanism. So why are people consuming so much alcohol? Barbosa says, COVID-19 restrictions had an impact on the psychological well-being of all, especially those most susceptible to negative effects of decreased social interactions and disruptions to work, school, and leisure activities. People often increase alcohol intake to cope with emotional stress and chronic uncertainty. She adds that women are more likely to use alcohol to cope. This might explain the larger increase for women compared with men. In addition, women carry most of the responsibility for childcare, and this might explain the increase in consumption for people with kids, and in particular, women with young kids. The increase in drinking among Black Americans can be explained by the well-documented disproportionate impact of the pandemic on racial and ethnic minorities and by other factors, such as distress from ongoing racial injustice. The APA also noticed increases in alcohol consumption, with nearly one in four Americans saying they began drinking more heavily during the pandemic to cope with stress. The irony is that, while alcohol can temporarily relieve stress, in the long run, it can contribute to anxiety and depression. Unfortunately, Barbosa's research shows that consumption hasn't decreased as COVID-19 restrictions have eased. When asked how we can support clients and friends who are drinking more, Barbosa replied, If people are drinking more because they are lonely or stressed, then a clear first step is to recognize the cause and then find another, more healthier way to handle that loneliness or stress. Reach out to a friend or family if possible. Some may need to seek professional help, either for their mental health or for the use of alcohol or other substances. Current guidelines on alcohol consumption from the 2020 to 2025 Dietary Guidelines for Americans 
are no more than two drinks per day for men and one drink per day for women. We all need to be aware of the consequences of drinking more than recommended. Health risks include liver disease, cardiovascular disease, some types of cancer, including cancers of the mouth, throat, colon, and liver, depression, and increased risk for postmenopausal breast cancer. For those who are interested in cutting back their consumption but not cutting alcohol out, there is a concurrent trend of new drinks that may help. Janet Helm, Chief Food and Nutrition Strategist at Weber Shandwick, a firm specializing in food trends, notes that zero-proof spirits, creative no-alcohol mocktails, and low-to-no-alcohol beers are more widely available and popular than ever. And let's move on to changes in food choices, where 25% of Americans are buying indulgent or unhealthy foods or drinks more often now than they did before COVID-19, according to an FMI survey. Many people are still struggling with these issues today. On a more positive note, perhaps, in spring 2020, while people were quarantining with their families and roommates, they ate alone less often. 43% in spring 2020 versus 48% a year before. Half of snacking still took place alone, but that was down from 56% before the pandemic. And not surprisingly, with many businesses closed, more snacking happened at home, 88% of the time, as compared with 2019, which was 78% of the time. Register says, the pandemic has amplified our desires to connect to and through food. 61% of Americans surveyed by FMI said eating together as a family or household was very important or extremely important, a significant increase from the year before. Register adds, families recognize that shared meals are a way to stay strong together with proven benefits like increased fruit and vegetable consumption and improved family connectedness. It will be essential for clients to practice mindfulness to identify those behavior changes that they wish to retain, such as eating with friends and family, and those they wish to change, such as using food as a reward. Compassionate coaching can help people examine their habits objectively and make a plan for the future. Section three, will grocery shopping ever be the same? During the lockdowns, uncertainty became the norm and our usual shopping habits turned upside down. Some of us are still probably working through all the toilet paper and flour we cleared off the supermarket shelves. Register says that online grocery shopping increased early in the pandemic out of necessity to ensure everyone's health and safety but online grocery shopping is still going strong. Before the pandemic, only about half of American adults surveyed had shopped for groceries online, and shoppers were reluctant to use online systems to buy fresh foods like fruits, vegetables, meat, and prepared foods. Now, almost two-thirds of us have shopped for food online, and the FMI survey reports that 34% of us are doing this more than ever before, including buying fresh products. This is also true for people using the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, 
which provides low-income Americans with assistance to purchase food. SNAP increased its benefits after COVID-19 began to spread, and grocery stores developed better SNAP online ordering and payment systems accordingly. Grocery stores continue to increase their online capability and improve customer experience, says Register. Consumers are now used to shopping for groceries online, as well as using delivery and curbside pickup, and we expect those trends to continue. She adds that, during the pandemic, dietitians who work for grocery stores have been adapting strategies to support changes in shopping, cooking, and eating habits. They have worked with website updates, digital messaging, virtual cooking classes, telenutrition sessions, Instagram videos, and YouTube lessons. She says, we're seeing food retail innovations around health and well-being that we expect to continue in the future. Farmers have also changed the way they do business. Michelle Weiler, Managing Director of the Farm to Market with the Community Alliance with Family Farmers in Davis, California, reports that farmers increase their direct sale to consumers as wholesale and restaurant sales decline during shutdowns. Farms saw an increase in sales of food boxes and community-supported agriculture subscriptions, in which consumers get a weekly supply of fresh produce based on whatever's in season on the farm. Some farmers also offer eggs, meats, nuts, and or prepared products like jams. Like grocery stores, small farmers have used online innovation to help consumers access food more easily during the pandemic. We saw huge pivots from direct, in-person marketing by small farmers to online storefronts and e-commerce, says Weiler. What are some of the challenges these shopping trends might pose for clients? A CSA delivery system creates a sort of Iron Chef situation for home cooks. What do you do with that large daikon or bag of fingerling potatoes? On the flip side, fresh food boxes are a great way for people to increase their produce consumption and develop more creativity in the kitchen. For prepared foods, online shopping may stymie label reading. You can't physically hold two items side by side for comparison. Or it may do the reverse. Those with vision challenges can click on a label image and upsize them on the computer screen. Again, clever coaching and experimenting with these shopping options for yourself may help you set up your clients for success. Section four, is eating in the new eating out? COVID-19 hit restaurants hard. We have all missed being able to drop into our favorite places for a quick lunch or date night. The National Restaurant Association reported that 40% of restaurants closed early in the pandemic, and we have yet to see how many will reopen and in what form. However, innovation in the restaurant industry has been extraordinary. Restaurants and customers have adapted to low-contact and contactless eating. Takeout and delivery became the gold standard early in the pandemic, and online ordering soon followed. Those trends continue. Many restaurants reduced the numbers of items on the menu to streamline production as they worked with a smaller staff. 
Some local restaurants got creative with prepared meal subscriptions and with meal kits that customers could finish preparing at home. This helped eateries compete with services like HelloFresh and Blue Apron. So what are we ordering? The National Restaurant Association says comfort food is still popular. Think pizza, pasta, and Mexican food. But so are healthy and diet-specific foods, including vegan and gluten-free items. Not surprisingly, burgers, still an American staple, remain top sellers across restaurant types. The pandemic has also led to a big pent-up demand for in-person dining experiences, with the industry trying hard to maintain staffing levels and customer service. Regardless of which way your clients choose to partake of prepared fare, they will no doubt need continued coaching as dining out thoughtfully while keeping health top of mind can pose a challenge for many. Section 5. What's cooking in your kitchen? How many loaves of sourdough did you make since the pandemic started? Have you mastered the sheet pan meal? Trends came and went, especially on social media. But one positive and so far lasting change has been the increase in cooking at home. The FMA survey found that 58% of consumers are eating at home more and 49% are cooking meals more frequently compared with pre-pandemic times. Arevalo says this is one of the silver linings to come from COVID-19. When you make your meals at home, you know what's in your food, she says. The fare also tends to be healthier. Research shows that eating home-cooked meals more often is associated with better diet quality, including a greater consumption of fruit and vegetables and lower sodium intake. In fact, the current Dietary Guidelines for Americans recognize that only a small proportion of our sodium intake comes from salt added in home cooking. And in terms if we're really eating more fruits and vegetables than we did before the pandemic, it's too early to tell. Overall frequency of fruit and vegetable consumption has fallen nearly 10% since 2004 and 3% since 2015, says Wendy Reinhardt Kapsack, President and CEO of the Produce for Better Health Foundation, which tracks this information in the United States. But the data isn't in yet on whether we started eating more in the past two years. How do we encourage clients to eat more fruits and vegetables? We know from behavioral science, Kapsack says, that if we want people to do something, it has to be easy. Eating produce needs to be the repeated routine so that it becomes a lifelong habit. We have to stop telling people they need to eat produce for their physical health. They know this. What if we said it will make you feel good, maybe even happy right now? She points out that eating fruits and vegetables is actually associated with better mood. People who say they eat more fruits and vegetables also report a greater sense of overall satisfaction with life. She adds, my advice for fellow fitness professionals is to talk more about good feelings associated with eating more fruits and veggies. All in all, the shift to home cooking has changed the conversation around nutrition and wellness for all communities, adds Arevalo. 
people who just lost jobs needed to watch their budget and be able to prepare inexpensive meals. Affordability of food is increasingly important for consumers in general. Arevalo notes, people have come to realize how much money you save by cooking at home. Register points out that cooking also gives people a sense of discovery and exploration, which has been much needed during the lockdowns. When you use interesting and unfamiliar ingredients and flavors, cooking can be like going to another country in your own kitchen. As the recovery from the pandemic continues, Data Essential, which tracks food industry trends, predicts American regional foods and cuisines will be increasingly important in restaurant foods and in our collective consciousness. Think Sonoran, Appalachian, Gula, and other indigenous cuisines from around the country. This reflects our desire for connections to food, to place, to region, to community, and to each other. What's astounding, and supports the continuation of the home cooking meal trend, is that 70% of Americans report they have improved their cooking skills since the pandemic began. Consumers renewed their focus on healthy eating and developed new strategies for cooking healthy foods, says Register. Cooking healthy meals is the most improved cooking skill during the past year, a shift reflected in improved abilities to prepare fresh food like produce, meat, poultry, and seafood. Looking ahead, we expect consumers to continue to cook at home. Here are three more positive trends that began with the pandemic. One, 34% of people do more meal planning in advance, which can ensure well-balanced meals that include plenty of fruits and vegetables. Two, 25% rely more on frozen foods, which is a good thing if they include frozen fruits and vegetables, which are just as nutritious as fresh and often more convenient. It's not so great if they include high sodium processed foods. And three, 25% read product labels more often, which is a great way to be sure products include nutritious ingredients and don't have excessive amounts of salt or saturated fat. Sharing your personal favorite recipes and techniques with clients can be a great way to strengthen your bond and improve their health. Nutritionists interviewed for this article suggest doing batch cooking to save time and money when cooking at home and using air fryers to make crispy, crunchy foods without deep frying. Section six, how will food be a force for change? The murder of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement, and the flooding and wildfires across the world are just some of the ways these past few years illuminated existing societal problems. We've been confronting these difficulties, in part, through our eating habits. Americans are expressing a need for connection and community while extending support to the most vulnerable in the pandemic from farm workers to restaurant industry employees to those working in community-minded businesses. We've seen this support in many ways, including buying from local farms and restaurants. A Pew Research Center report released in May 2021 found that, to help protect the environment from climate change, 
81% of Americans say they're reducing food waste, and 40% say they're eating less meat. During the pandemic, 34% were avoiding food waste more than they were before, something that's easier to do as we cook and eat at home. Even before the pandemic, plant-based eating was trending. Americans see plant-based eating not only as a way to improve personal health, but as a way to reduce the impact of climate change. In 2021, nearly half of consumers were seeking plant-based foods, and 20% of Americans were eating more whole grains than they did before March 2020. Eating to prevent food waste and lessen climate impact may also affect personal risk from COVID-19. Preliminary research shows an association between high diet quality, specifically healthy plant-based foods, and lower risk and severity of COVID-19. Another aspect to consider? We're seeing an evolution of self-care due to the pandemic, says Janet Helm, MSRDN, Chief Food and Nutrition Strategist at Weber Shandwick, a firm specializing in food trends. According to Helm, people are taking a more proactive approach to health. Supporting immunity during COVID-19 is at the top of the list, and people are also looking to food and beverages to help them sleep and reduce stress and anxiety. She says gut health has been trending for a while, but now there's an even greater awareness of the important role of the microbiome in our overall health, especially as it relates to immunity. This has sparked innovation of new products that tout benefits to digestive health and immunity, such as prebiotic sodas, mushroom tea, and coffee, probiotics in non-dairy food, such as peanut butter, nutrition bars, and instant oatmeal, and superfruit juices. Understanding these trends and each client's values may help you better coach your clients toward healthier choices that can be as good for the planet and their fellow humans as it will be good for them. Section seven, the bottom line, supporting our clients. The improvisation of eating and nutrition habits during COVID-19 continues. Supportive professionals can be critical for helping clients drop negative behaviors, guiding transitions, and cheering on practices that are going well. Here are some specific ways to help your clients thrive during this time. Acknowledge how hard the last two years have been on everyone. We don't need to dwell on what we did or didn't do. We can only do things differently right now. Educate clients on ways food and drink are connected to health. Provide referrals if your clients have disordered behaviors around eating or alcohol use. Encourage self-care through healthy eating and exercise habits. Help clients see the link between eating and exercise habits and short-term benefits to mood. Cheer clients on to do more home cooking. Meals we prepare at home can be healthier, and cooking with friends and family can provide much-needed connection. And finally, inspire values-driven eating that supports connections to family, friends, the community, and the health of the planet. 
This concludes the education in this episode of the Idea Listen and Learn CEC podcast. Kudos to Santa Delmonico for her amazing work. I hope you enjoyed this article. I appreciate your attention and your dedication to being the best professional you can be, especially as our industry is changing and evolving. And a quick reminder that this education has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. In order to claim the CEC, you'll need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the Ideas Store. The link is in the show notes. Use coupon code NDFJ21 to get 20% off the CEC quiz. And remember that it's completely free for IdeaFit Plus members. Stay tuned. We'll have more exciting content that has been approved for CECs coming your way soon.